radio station, Minority Control. And operate and serving the African American community for over 40 years. The views and opinions of the guest and host you hear on 1010 WOLB are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio One, its sponsors, or advertisers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have someone very special here this evening who's going to perform for us. Yeah. Jamie Fox. I got money. You got plenty to show. And that's funny. Because I've seen them before. You want to hold my hand. You want to hold my dough. You got love for sale. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. Options. Oh. Any money more. Minute. Happy Thursday, all. This is Face the Facts. I am your host, Kelly Vaughn. And on this sunshiny, nice Thursday, but a horrible day in Baltimore City, we're going to get right to it. I am waiting for my guest to call in for this morning's show. Until then, I'm going to make some announcements. Hopefully, he remembered. I forgot to remind him. Oops, my bad. Hey to everybody on Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this show. And thank you for everyone who is streaming live over at www.wolbbaltimore.com. We appreciate you and thank you for being a part of our valued listenership. Today at 1 p.m., I have another free food giveaway going on at our church. It's not necessarily at our church building. It's at one of the properties that we own, that we house materials for the neighborhood. And so grab a pencil, grab a pen. But it's going to be today at 1 p.m. I'll be leaving the studio to go directly there. Um, It's going to be at 1840 Asquith Street. Again, that's 1840-ASKWITH. How do you spell it? Glad you asked. A-I-S-Q-U-I-T-H. If you know where March Friendly Home East is, shout out to Eric March. Uh, it's right behind there. So, um, again, that's 1840-ASKWITH Street. Today at 1 p.m., you just need to bring yourself Give us a little information like your zip code and how many people is in your house. And we are ready, able and willing to serve you, our community. Um, we still haven't gotten justice for Cody Gaines. We've told the story here before. We've told it on other shows. Corinne Gaines was uh, years ago, five years ago. She was killed at home after a standoff with the police um her son cody was there his elbow was blown off he was shot in the face at the hands of the baltimore county police department uh they went through a trial uh, because there was a suit against 
uh, the police department as well as the county executive. And uh, a jury did award this young man at the time he was five. He's now 10. They awarded him $32 million. Uh, the judgment was thrown out. Uh, we went to the appellate courts. We won the judgment back in appellate courts. And to this day, no amount has been paid to Cody Gaines for the hurt and suffering he has experienced at the hands of Baltimore County police officer. And he's do that. There's so many resources that this young man needs to the point that the other day he told someone, hey, you know, I, I just wish I was dead. And this is a 10 year old little boy who not only was injured himself, but also watched his mother get killed right in front of him. And so this Friday at 401 Bosley Avenue, we will be in Patriot Plaza. I'll get there at 830 a.m. tomorrow. Um, we have a hearing in front of a judge. And when I say we, I'm really talking about um, Cody's legal representation, his father, his grandmother. I plan on being there. I plan on being there to rally outside in Patriot Plaza while the uh, hearing is being held. I am asking that every parent and everyone in our black community come join me, take a stand for this young man who deserves what he was awarded. I can't tell you, you know, how many, how much therapy he needs. I can't tell you how many surgeries it will take to put his life back together. And let me share this with you. Yes, it was announced that the family was paid money by Baltimore County, but that was to the estate. Cody's injuries were so terrible that the jury did award him his own award amount. And it has not been paid. Why? I don't know. The county has millions of dollars to put everywhere else. So why not pay him his just reward that was awarded by a jury? Stripped by a judge and held up by the appellate courts. This is not us fighting for the award. We've already won it. This is saying, pay this young man what he deserves. And so for those who sit at home and they are armchair activists, come out of your recliner. Come out and join us, if not for just an hour. But please, please, please don't call this radio station fussing about what should be done, what would be done, what could have been done when you did nothing. And that's the point blank and the period. Um, thank you to those in Facebook Live who are saying I'll be there tomorrow. And it's going to take many more of us because guess what? If we as a black community were to pack out Patriot Plaza, they would stop playing games with us. But the reason why they feel like they can play games with the black community is because we can't stick together worth a darn. That's just a fact. Even when we talk about the issues that plague our community and our city, you got eight sides on the same side. We're all black. Every single last one of us, different shapes, different shades, different variations. 
But at the end of the day, this is our community that we never stand up for together. It's always a couple in the crowd talking about what y'all should be doing. I, I was listening to the radio the other day and somebody said, y'all Democrats. First of all, I'm a black woman when I wake up in the morning. Party affiliation doesn't stare me back in the mirror. And yet we have no problem standing divided on issues that affect us all. So I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm wishing. <laughs> Come out, please, tomorrow. We'll only be there for two hours. Bundle up, dress accordingly. Let's get Cody Gaines the justice that he deserves. Now, the legal representation for Cody was supposed to have been on the show, but I've had a rough morning, a rough couple days. I was not able to remember to remind um, his legal representation. But I believe that I can speak for his legal representation because I'm very close with them and say that we need the help of the community tomorrow, 830 a.m., Patriot Plaza. That's that grassy area right, right outside of the Towson Courts. The address is 401 Bosley Avenue. And I'm hoping to see some people that look just like me standing in support of this young man. Let's get down to today's show. Today's show has no topic. I couldn't come up with a topic to fit what we're going to be talking about. Because there's not a topic to be said for it. We have all heard the story of Miss Evelyn Player, who was killed in her own church. Now, there are people who have called up to this station. Everybody has their opinion. I get it. Today, I'm going to speak on my opinion. But before I do, I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm going to pick up with Brother Leo. Brother Leo, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Good morning, Sister Kelly Vaughn. How are you today? I'm, I'm making it, brother. How are you feeling? Well, you're, I feel very well. You're courageous as always, and we thank you for your leadership and, and prayers and direction. Uh, I just want to speak to uh, the matter involving Sister Evelyn Player. Of course, my heart goes out to her family. Uh, and her church members and all who, at this time, as, as we witness uh, support for the family, and, and of course, uh, we, we, we're just devastated by what happened to her. Uh, let, let me say that I think it is so important in the long term, I guess short term and long term, to understand the processes that we need to go through to ensure that we remain or become the protectors of our family, community, and churches. And that is to say, uh, I know that uh, there's something called citizens on patrol. And when I, when I talk about citizens on patrol, I don't mean vigilantes. I just mean those people in our communities who must be vigilant and those of us who are willing, if we, whether we have block clubs or neighborhood associations, we have to be protectors of our community, which means we have to look out for each other. Uh, I know that we as a people have a 
long, distinguished history of serving this country as veterans. We just had Veterans Day and black veterans. But we have a moral obligation to socialize our children and to train up our families in self-defense strategies. Uh, I, I must say that when I look at churches, and different churches do different things, but I'm going to point to Huber Memorial. And I will say that Huber has, in my opinion, one of the stronger security ministries in the city and state today. Large following of not just women, but men predominantly who act. And all churches have some kind of security ministry. I'm suggesting that we step up our efforts with regard to security ministries. We have something called the Fruit of Islam. The Nation of Islam, Fruit of Islam, has a strong presence and understanding of that. So, again, I'm going to conclude on the note that we've got to do more in, in, in socializing our children, families, and community to understand that if there are times when you die in defense, willingly die in defense of your right to live, defense of your, your, your women, family, community, and churches. And I sometimes think, Sister Kelly, we stray from that because we don't think it's necessary. I maintain that it is necessary to protect ourselves, and we don't think that way. We just think about turning the other cheek, and there are times for that. But now is the time to root out, pursue, arrest, prosecute, and defend murderers. And if we're not willing to do that, then we are, we're cowards, and we can ill afford to re maintain a posture of cowardice. We've got to do more, and we've got to train up our children to do more. And frankly, I don't see that happening in the schools. I don't see it happening enough in our communities and churches and others. We're not telling our children what and guiding them in ways that they understand that they are warriors. They're defenders of our community, particularly the men, the boys. We're not training them in that discipline, and we must. We must train them. God bless you, and thank you for all you do. God bless you, too, Senior Warrior. Thank you. Uh, all right. So let's talk. All right. What I do for my church or have done for my church for the past 15 years. 15 years I've been at Ark Church in, a, in an official capacity. My capacity calls for just a little bit of everything. Um, I've taken the time to learn our building and how it works, its ins and outs, um, so that if I have to call for repairs, I have every piece of information that I need. Um, I have keys to everything. Sometimes when I'm strapped for time, because I do do a lot, I do way more than just be at the church. Um, I do a lot of things in the community and depending on what we're doing, it could very well call for me to be the first one to arrive at the church. And for years that has been taken for granted on my part. Um, but there are, are some who have watched my comings and goings and made up in their mind, you know, I'm not going to leave this sister by herself. One of which being the men's ministry at our church. If ever I'm going in the building, have to be there early, uh, they want to know. And 
Nine times out of ten, somebody's going to meet me there. But there came a, a space in time where the men in the church were not as present as they should have been or could have been. And it was even at those times that the local drug dealers right around our church took a stance to make sure that I made it in to the building fine and was protected while I was there by myself. What am I saying? For those who would like to point at the church and say, you didn't do, you didn't do. For those in the community that would like to say, you didn't do, you didn't do. I would challenge those people to examine what you've done. It's one thing to see a person going into a church to do their work and to wave at them, give them a good hello, God bless you, whatever, and keep it moving. It's another thing to be vigilant and say, this lady is going into this church by herself at this hour. Let me just stick here for a minute. Make sure she makes it in okay. Let me sit around for a good 10 minutes and make sure don't nobody go behind her. It takes all resources and all approaches. I want to hear from you on this subject, but I'm going to say something first. And a lot of people may not agree with it, or you may. I don't know. The number to call in is 410-481-1010. That's 410-481-1010. Now, initially today, my topic was a, something a little more racier because I was telling Sean, people think that the streets are freaks, but they really in our houses of worship. <laughs> but I decided to err on the side of being appropriate for the circumstances that have come since we decided on that show topic. Even now, Sean is laughing because we're going to get to that show. We're going to talk about that. We are. I, I can tell you that right now. But I was looking at the news. <laughs> and of course, this this homicide took place in District 12. For those who don't know, that's the district I work in, I live in, I worship in. That's the district where I put every community resource I can out on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, two and three times a week. And hello to everybody on Facebook. Thank you. Um, But I was watching the news and this is what got me. And I'm glad Brother Leo brought it up to a point. Yes, there is a need for citizens to be on patrol, obviously. However, I did not like that Robert Stokes, who is the councilman, current councilman of District 12, I did not appreciate him getting on the news and saying we needed citizens out on bikes patrolling the neighborhood. How is that your thought to take people who are already targets and put them on bikes to patrol their own neighborhoods? Nobody feels safe. Nobody feels safe. Nobody feels safe to get on a bike after dark and patrol our neighborhoods. And I just thought that was the wrong thing to say. Number one, I've been to so many homicide scenes and I never saw Robert Stokes there. Now, this show might get me in trouble. This show might get people talking about me 
and and what I'm saying. But I'm not going to hide the fact that this is stuff that I have experienced. It's easy for any council person to make their way to a crime where somebody's been killed in their church. But this didn't just start. These killings didn't just happen. We don't have 32 murders in District 12 off a of happenstance. And so when it's a big story that is with one of your chosen community partners, that y'all get together and y'all make money and initiatives together. And, and you know what? I have to say it. I don't care what anybody has to say about my comments because these are facts I'm bringing to the table. It's easy to dance on the news and come up with a solution that is not a solution, but an asinine train of thought. When Carl Stokes, who is the former councilman of District 12, there was a time years ago, a church sexton that worked at our church was murdered right before the employees were to report to work. And it was at that time that uh, Councilman Carl Stokes showed up. So did the current um, police commissioner at that time. So did the mayor. Our church heard from any and everybody. But then there was a meeting to see what everybody could do to come together and make our neighborhood safer. And at that time, what was adopted was substations, police substations at convenience stores as well as churches. Whereas though the police department was given our schedule of events and we could rely on at that time for an officer to come in, sign the log, stay for an hour, be around, be a presence, have their patrol car outside, be in their patrol car, seeing what's going on. When Carl Stokes left office, that is one thing that did not remain. But before I put a citizen who doesn't feel safe in their neighborhood on a bike, you best believe I'm going to look for some other solutions. I'm going to go to the lines because all of our lines are full. And I again, thank you guys for giving me an opportunity to get my thoughts and opinions out. And now I want to hear from you. We're going to go straight to the lines. We're going to pick up with Gene. Gene, you're on Face to Facts. Good morning. Uh, yeah. Uh, how are you today, Kelly? Mad. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't be mad. Just don't waste your energy on being angry. Uh, there's a That's solution not a waste to, of energy. This lady just got killed. Okay. So... Power comes through the barrel of a gun. Have you ever heard that? I think Sekou has said it originally, but it's a quote from Mao Zedong. Power comes through the barrel of a gun. Now, that's just not a revolutionary thought. The police have guns. And you just said that when the police ha have a presence in our community, we feel safe. You also said that the, I don't know if you use the term drug boys, but the drug people, the drug dealers, protected you when you went into your church building because they had guns. Why is it that the black community, for the most part, we reject this idea that guns are bad. 
And that's my question to you. Do you think guns are bad? No, I don't. I'm actually licensed to carry and do carry whenever I, you know, whenever I need to, because I'm I'm with you. You know, I can't look. Unfortunately, our city is not at a at a place right now where we can rely 100 percent on law officers to be there to protect us, nor can they see the attack coming. They can't predict when somebody's going to commit a crime. Right. But, you know, a piece of responsibility does go into our hands where we do have to get to a point where we protect ourselves. Okay, so it, so I just want to just make this distinction. Uh, Baptists. The, the white Baptists, you go into a white Baptist and try to act out there. Because most, most of the people in the white Baptist church have a permit to carry. And somebody will take on a, a, a heck of a burden if they try to do that. But I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is I am totally, I, I see black. I am totally blind. And guess what I have? A I have a shotgun. I know that's right. I have a right. shotgun. If I can hear you, I can shoot you. So you can come into my domain. You, once you cross my, your, my threshold, then, then self-defense comes into effect. So I, I'm not saying that everybody should carry a gun, but... Those people who are most vulnerable, they should protect themselves because power comes to the barrel of a gun. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Jane. Always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. We have one line available if you guys want to call in 410-481-1010. That's 410-481-1010. This is the untitled show of Face the Facts because I have no title to give to the foolishness that's happening right now. We're going to go right back to the lines to Alan. Alan, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. How you doing, Kelly? Uh, you kind of like my grandmother. My grandmother, because uh, I had uh, I got two brothers and a sister. My grandfather didn't go to church. And we was uh, we were uh, my grandmother's protector. I know as a grown boy, you know, the, the mother uh, said she has a son. My granddaddy said, you eat in this house. You know what? You're going to lay up here and not just uh, be like me. We would go to church and didn't want to go to church. No way I would let my grandmother go out at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I would have heat up the car. A lot of these young guys are so lazy. that You know, the daughter was saying she was in contact with her mother on the cellular phone. And she said, I have a son. There's no way I would have let my grandmother go out in Baltimore in a cold, because 5 o'clock is cold. And heat up a church without uh, without some uh, kind of chaperone. I used to follow my grandma everywhere, and we was like, "If you have to mess with her, you have to mess with me." See, we become like a lot of men don't like to go to church now. When men don't go to church, you're not protecting the church house or your uh, your mother or your uh, grandmother. That lady uh, was sixty-nine years old. There's no way she should have been riding in a car. Uh, in a cold weather, and that young man should have heat the car up and drove the car to the church house. That's called family value. That's how you raise somebody to be in tune because women stop and get gas. You know, a lot of women be pumping gas late at night. We didn't let my, my grandma never touch a, a gas thing unless it was daytime. We didn't know about it. We was, it was common sense. You get out of the truck, out of the Camaro, and you fill up the uh, tank. And don't let, my sister never fucked up the a car with gas. See, when you take the man out of the house, it's almost spiritual genocide. 
the spiritual genocide. When men don't go to church and even help the pastor, what is that grandson doing? The, the daughter said, I was on the phone. The phone's not going to protect you. That boy should have been in that car uh, riding side by side with his grandmother. And, uh, and I said, it would have been something that church, it would have been going down, especially when you uh, protect your, uh, your loved ones. So it's, it's real, it's sinister to me that uh, the pastor didn't fix, uh, didn't fix the security uh, uh, apparatus. I'm just saying that it sounds sinister. Why would any man let a woman go out at 5 o'clock uh, in the morning driving a car because the car might break down? You heat up the car. You know, because that's, that's all about being a gentleman. I'll let you go, Kelly, and uh, I'm just saying I'm glad you packed it because a lot of these men, God, God says you live by the way, you die by the way, you live by the way, you die by the way. The only thing you have to do is be a man. I don't brag about uh, weapons, all that kind of stuff. Because uh, you're supposed to worship uh, guns in uh, the Second Amendment. But I'm just saying that uh, you got to be a man first before anything. Thank you, Dr. Kelly. Thank you. Appreciate you. And so good to have you on my show, Alan. I Thank listen you. to you all the time on LY Show. Thank you. So I see my ca- I see we have some other callers. I was getting ready to plug the phone number, but somebody's calling them right now. Um. So I will get to all of you after a very brief break. But let me just say this. Even this does not make me afraid to be in my district. I live there. I work there. I worship there. I was raised there. It's home for me. So I'm never going to get into the mode of being afraid. Will I be active? Will I be safe? Will I be proactive? Absolutely but it doesn't put me in a state of fear. It puts me in a state of action. What are we going to do as a community and then as a church community to make sure that those who care enough about the people of God are protected? And I like what Alan said. Where are the men? Because y'all know, like I know, Aunt Ree been going to church for years, but she leave Uncle Henry in the bed every morning and every Sunday morning. And then she got to go home and hear his mouth about his dinner. When are you going to roll over, get up and help with the work that needs to be done? Stay tuned. I'll get to the callers that we have right after this very brief break. Face effects with Kelly Vaughn, W-O-L-B. Give me a box and I'll stay Deal me the cards and I play with them Lord, deliver me from my apathy Tired of living for myself, you know it's killing me, yeah Help me, Lord, I need to wake up again W-O-L-B Baltimore and W-E-R-Q-F-M HD3 Baltimore An Urban One radio station Minority controlled And operated and serving the African-American community for over 40 years The views and opinions of the guest and host you hear Are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio One Its sponsors or advertisers I've been waiting on God, but he's been waiting on me Complaining that I am blind, but never wanted to see I give you so many words, they be as fast as the sea But they return to me for it, cause I don't move my feet Lord, I need reiteration. How made it complicated when it's so simple? Hey. I need an alteration. Welcome back to Face the Facts with Kelly Vaughn. <sighs> we are on a show that has no title. I have no title to give this show. 
We're going to get back to the lines and pick up with Mark C. Mark C., you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Hey, my man. What's going on? Yeah, so um, you hit it right on the head, you know, when we first talked, you know, uh, about the substations and all that kind of stuff, you know, that, that along with the community and stuff like that, that's what the, uh, the, the, the people like Jill Dixon and people like that, all that worked, you know, um, came out and said, you know, that we have to, you know, not only um, get back to that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, Congressman Elijah, I mean, not, I'm sorry, um, um, Congressman um, and Fume, you know, he's outraged, you know, and he said this. He said, you know, it's, it, it's not normal, you know, and, and our leaders have to step up. Uh, people have to know that if you kill somebody like that, we're coming after you, and we got to mean it. You know, so business said, you know, what are we doing, you know, with these repeat offenders? Are we, what are we doing when we catch them? Are we prosecuting them? What's going on in the courts? What's going on with, with, with stuff like that? All that kind of stuff. Community policing always worked. It's not an old idea. The men in CRL, we out in the street with the Muslim brothers and other Christian brothers. That's, that's where we are. We're going to be there at 5 o'clock. We're going to be there at 5 o'clock. We're going to engage that community like we do in all the communities. And, 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 and like Captain Andrew said, because we want the people to know that that's not acceptable. And he said, we're going to, you know, find this person, you know, person. We're just going to say person. Yeah, that's and uh, yeah, not only person. that, not only that, uh, you know, you're absolutely right about about Robert Stokes, you know, and folk like that. And, 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 and so, you know, people work and all that kind of stuff. You got a cushy job where you can be on Zoom and all that kind of stuff. You can walk where you want to. Walk up the Broadway and North and, and, hold, and take your word when you say, when we get this money, I'm going to see about uh, getting that building fixed right there that's been there for years. And, and maybe my suggestion was work with John Hopkins and the housing authority rehab it, turned it into to uh, 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 studio apartments with wraparound services for young people, train them uh, to work and stuff along with the housing authority and stuff like that. He said, well, when the $600 million come in, what are we going to see about it? Well, the $600 million came in, and I ain't heard you say one word. I never see you at Broadway and North talking about that building, you know, partnering with somebody to, to turn that into a community center or whatever. You know, so you're absolutely right, man. Um, you know, this, this, this leadership that, that we have, no, it's not us that don't get it. Y'all don't get it. Well, I'll talk to you later. Take care. Absolutely. Now, I'll see you tonight. Thank you, Mark. Uh, going right back to the lines to Raw, R-A-H. Is that your name? <laughs> A bargunner. I'd like to thank the creator, Yahweh, and you for sending your engineer for this opportunity. I'm going to be working with the Jima People Progress Party, the UPP. And I'm not trying to hear nothing about no Christ and Fume who've been in office for years or, or Sheila Dixon who would say he had, what, a hundred some murders, less than, what, 300 murders? My, my, one of my cousins may have been a hundred murders. I'm not trying to hear none of that nonsense. They're coming all grandstanding, coming out now. They've been in office long enough to change conditions for African people. But if it was Donald Trump running the city, they would have a problem with it. But if it's a Democrat, that makes it OKKK. I say right on to you, sister, some of the things you said. I back you. I, I got your back. And uh, 
and I'm one of the brothers going to be out there looking out for the sisters wherever I go. <laughs> thank you, sir, and thank you for your support. Appreciate you. Getting right back to the lines to Lady B, who is uh, my favorite person, my favorite woman in radio. Good morning, Lady B. <laughs> Good morning, my queen. I, I can hear the heaviness in your heart, and you know my heart is broken. Um, let me first say, and I hope I don't lose a few people, as a community, we point, we want to point the finger at the police department. We want to point the finger at the Congress, the council, the whoever is politically put in office by us. And then we want to point the finger at them and tell them what they're not doing. But I want everybody that's listening to take their hand and point a finger out in front of you. There are three fingers pointed back at you. Our community, our black people, our black elders, our black children are the ones who are suffering because we're not doing our part. This person was murdered in a way that no one should ever leave this planet. And the person, I don't want to call it a person that committed this crime, lives in our community, has family in our community, is related to people in our community. It's time, people. We got to stop talking about this, 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 the hell with that. If we don't help the agencies that are put in place that we actually pay for with our taxes, we're the people who pay their salaries. We're the people who should demand that they do their job. And in order for them to do the job great, we got to do our civic part. People don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about their responsibility as a, a citizen of Baltimore. And if you see a crime, say something. If you're too afraid to say something to the crime, make a call to 911. That's why they're there. That's why we pay for them. Will they get there quick? No. I have a friend that lives in the area. She keeps a notepad by her windows. So when she see going on down on the ground level crimes, participating in crimes, she writes down descriptions. She calls all of that in. She was so efficient, they gave her a direct number and person to call to. So that community started the drugs and moved. She don't know where they moved to, but she feel like she was a part of moving it from her corner. We got to take responsibility for us. We got to stop saying it's somebody else's fault. It's our fault, too. I'm sorry. I'm so upset. But... I'll be. I'll see you this evening, and it'll be a pleasure to see you. I haven't seen you in a minute. Yes, but we ma'am. we meet at places like this because it's happening too much. I'll see you tomorrow morning for Cody Gaines. It's happening too much. It's not enough of us who complain so much, who do nothing. Y'all need to turn around. And if you're not going to help, get the hell out the way. Have a blessed baby. Thank you, ma'am. If that lady ain't coming here and talk today. We're going to go back to the lines to Mo. Mo, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Yes, good morning. I'm calling because I'm, I'm a little disturbed by the previous caller. He kept mentioning about, you know, we wouldn't let my grandmother. Well, I happen to know Miss Evelyn and her grandson. Actually, I'm just coming from the barber shop. And normally today would have been a Thursday when she would have took her grandson to the barber shop. Now, her grandson is a special needs young man. 
And I'm awful sure he would have been with her on that day, but for some reason he wasn't. And maybe that was a lucky thing because what happened to her could have happened to him also. But I think we as a people, we just need to start and stick together. And once we get on these talk shows and TV shows, stop just running off at our mouth just to be on, be on the air. You know, let's, let's get to the facts and find things out. Again, her grandson is a special needs young man. And I'm awful sure because they went everywhere together, everywhere together. She would bring her grandson to the barbershop every other Thursday. She would come in and speak to everyone and hug all the barbers and speak to all the customers. Her grandson, when he leave out, he would shake everyone's hand. This woman was dear and near to a lot of people. And for us to come and say, well, where was the grandson if that was my grandmother? I'm awfully sure that young man would have loved to have been with his grandmother at the time. But maybe she felt as though, you know, church-going woman, she might have done something and said, let me let him stay home in the bed. Because they went everywhere together. They were always together. Thank you, Mo. I I agree with what you're saying. I think a lot of times, unfortunately, in our community, instead of getting to action, those who don't want to go to action will point fingers, but they don't need to be pointed. And there's no need to point a finger. It's what can we do? Because just like a lot of other people in our community, I take responsibility for what happened to Miss Evelyn. There's more that I can do. I'm doing a lot, but there's there's always something else that can be done. But for the little margin of us who seek to make a difference and make a change and do something, we need that much more people to join us in that. So my condolences to all of you. Uh, my prayers are definitely with the family and it's not just lip service. Um, I prayed for the family as soon as I found out. I'm praying for the church family and so many people lives that this lady has touched and I oh, can't yeah. help but to feel some sort of community responsibility where there is more that can be done and there's more that we're going to mobilize to do. So and, I appreciate and, and, you. And we have to, we have to, we're quick, fast. If this was a, 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 a police crime or a police shooting a young black man, we would be out in numbers. Out in numbers. This is someone of the community, in the community, that was killed in the community. You know, I've been in Baltimore all my life, and to the best of my recollection, I ain't seen no truck pull up in no uh, neighborhood and a bunch of Ku Klux Klans or racists or whatever jump out and harm any of us. We're always harming ourselves. We need to come together and stick together and be as one. We need to unite like back in the 60s of the civil rights movement when everybody got together for a cause and to do something. Now everybody is on their own, but the minute something happened, everybody is quick, fast to criticize and critique people in the wrong way. Let's just pray for everyone and just have a world of peace. Thank you again, Mo. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you. We're going to go with Brother Haki. Brother Haki, you're on Face of Facts. Good morning. Yes, uh, good morning to you, Sister Kelly. Um, yes, it's a very sad day in Baltimore. Uh, but I wanted to say, um, wait a minute, let me stand by the wall. Um, well, I wanted to say first and foremost, uh, you know, definitely condolences to the family. And, you know, to home, I mean, my mother is the same age. And, you know, I always, uh, you know, tell her, you know, like, like to be careful who you talk to. Like, I mean, 
I know we can be, you know, nice to people, but, you know, you have to, we, we got to know that there are some people in our city that's, that's unstable and working in the environment. I work in the fire service in the city of Baltimore. And so I see, you know, the, the insanity sometimes, you know, we, we always looking at police issues and we don't know that there are some sick people that are out here. Um, and I'm not, trying to say who may have done this but obviously it's somebody that's like very very disturbed and and i'll just also i wanted to say to the white people out here that are you know one made a response why is governor hogan giving a hundred thousand dollars as if you know i don't want my taxpayer money you know these people these people are wicked too you know we i mean i'm not saying every white person but you know the insensitive nature of you know some people where they have such hostilities towards black people that they cannot see that this is something that that hurt us you know collectively you know um and so it's just we have to understand that sometimes these people are in, are in power and they're creating creating policies and conditions uh that's creating a, a culture that you know where where individuals are turning on each other so you know honestly we but we're gonna have to weed some people out and that's you know sometimes men gonna have to be men and hunt (laughs) hunt people down so that's where you know true street justice need to take place and i'm saying it and that's that's just me personally okay (laughs) and i back you up a hundred percent thank you all right god bless you sir thank you you too sir Gonna go right back to the lines because I want to make sure that we fit everybody in. Uh, we're gonna pick up with Roscoe. Roscoe, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Yes. Uh, good morning, uh, Miss Vaughn. Let me say this first and foremost. Uh, I really appreciate your presence on the airways. I think it's well, much needed, and we and uh, the listeners appreciate it. Also, what I want to say is, Lady B, her sediments, I second her sediments a hundred percent. But here's my question: Do you know? If the Department of Parole and Probation, is that a, I mean, in Baltimore City, is that a city agency or is that a state agency? From my understanding, it's a state agency, but I do know that uh, Mayor Scott was on a show earlier today and all agencies are working together. So that means, you know, even if someone has a wrist, I'm sorry, an ankle monitor. All of those agencies are coming together on this case and will be coming together in the future from what I heard from the mayor directly this morning on WOLB on the Larry Young Morning Show. Okay, but bottom line, though, but the state uh, parole and probation agency department is a state agency. From what I understand, please don't quote me, but my understanding is that's what it is. Sean, you have any info on that? No, Sean doesn't have info. If someone knows okay. it, they can call it in, and I'll definitely release it on air. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Absolutely, Roscoe. Thank you for calling. Right. Going to go right over to Miss Sherry. Miss Sherry, you're on Face the Fast. Good morning, my love. Miss Sherry? Hello. Yes. Hello, everybody. Hello, Kelly. First of all, y'all have a nice holiday weekend. But, Kelly, this has been a rough week for everybody. I know people is upset, but let me say this. With every fiber I have within my gut, when I seen Commissioner Harris come out there, it was like I felt that fire in his belly. In certain cases that you get, he's going to turn every rock 
with process of elimination, I would not be surprised if this person or persons haven't been apprehended. When Mayor Scott got on there this morning and he said, we will get the persons. Certain conversations people have are for table talk. Certain things is what this person, the church, this is not the time for that. Because right now, that's going to hamper this investigation. Don't make this political. We had a, two of our most vulnerable citizens this week lost their lives, a grandmother and a baby. So this is not the time to get political. But I believe in my heart of hearts, because in certain cases, Kelly, they get, it was Three, it was another uh, 83-year-old woman that was raped by a 14-year, and it was another senior citizen mother was murdered at this age, and not only that, was sexually assaulted. And every time I hear that man come on television and talk about what happens to his mother, and when I see him, it just tears me down. He will never forget what happened to his mother. So this is not the time to be blaming game. Let these officers do what they supposed to do. They know what they supposed to do. And we don't need no other politician. We don't need Sheila Dixon. We don't need Boxdale. We don't need none of these people. Scott knows what he's talking about right now. And I have every faith in Commissioner Hurst that he's going to get this done. Have a good weekend. Have a good day. Thank you, ma'am. Gonna get right back to the lines to Arthur. Arthur, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Doing yeah, I was just gonna share, I was gonna share some light. So parole and probation is a state agency, right? But you have different branches in different counties, like in Baltimore City has certain offices. The challenge is uh, parole and probation was designed for people that were low risk and were not violent offenders. It was designed for when it started for a guy that couldn't uh he was incarcerated, didn't have the money to get out, but he really couldn't pay, and so they, they started for probation. So each agent has sometimes 150 people on their caseload. So, and, and, uh, and the, the prison system, you have medium and maximum security bids. They don't have enough bids to house all these violent offenders, so they have to make uh, choices, and all of the politicians know this. So, uh, so yeah, just understanding the whole system, you would understand why there's going to continue to be breakdowns because you just can't put everyone on parole and probation. Correct. And I thank you for calling in and giving us that information. Did you say 150 people at any time on one parole officer's caseload? Yeah, up, up to, it could go up to 150 people because it's like, you know, and, and when the state, the governor gets here and says he put money out here to do this and do that. As soon as the governor puts it out there, D-Bam comes in and takes it right back. So he'll say, I put money out there, and he's the, he's the, he always lays golden eggs, right? But he's not, he's not, he's speaking out of the, the both sides of his mouth. So, uh, yeah, so up to 150. And so if you, if you have a violent or, like, sexual offenders on your caseload, you will have less. But some of them have, like, up to 150 people on their caseload. So you cherry-picking who's going to mess up and who's not going to mess up. So it's not the parole and probation's fault. It's really the state that lies on the government's hands because he's in charge of all of it. But he always delegates responsibility to other people, and we accept it like he's a great uh, governor. But, you know, call any state agency and, and get put on hold, and you'll see how effective it is. Call any place 
and try to get through to somebody or speak to a person. They send you to a computer and it never goes anywhere. So that's so that's how a lot of it happens. But anytime you have a program with something I know a little bit about Kelly, I'll call and get some insight to it. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much because, I mean, it's layers to this thing. Thank you, Arthur, for yeah. calling in. I appreciate you. No problem. Thank All right. Going to take our last call with Brother Gloyd. Brother Gloyd, you're on Face the Facts. Good morning, sir. Yeah, good morning, Kelly Vaughn. And my condolences go out to everybody or anybody in the city that got uh, caught up into the violence. So it's all over. It affects all of us, believe it or not. And the brother just got over real quick. He's right. You know, a lot of departments are, are overloaded, overloaded, even with the school, the school department. The teachers, they were overloaded. So a lot of times, that's why a lot of them get through there because of uh, it's overload, it's a problem, you know, not to sort of blame it her or whatever, but it's, it's, it's overloaded. But I wanted to comment on, on the police department, and we need our police department. I'm a community activist up here where I live at, and, and was born in the city, and I've seen a whole lot that comes through the pipe. So I know a, 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 a big history as to where we at now, because when I was growing up real quick in, in, uh, in, in, in the city, I've seen a lot go wrong, and at that time, and I didn't know that the police was bad as they were, you know, uh, at the time, until uh, that suitor uh, situation happened. I said, oh, my God. And then a lot of these young boys was young, and they're men now. And, and, and one of them had said to me, you know, they, they told certain ones, you know, you do what you normally do, probably drugs, and we'll take care of Popo, which is totally wrong. But when they messed up, and we need police in my area, because a lot of my elderly would not go out after dark in the street, and, would, and they would not call the police. Because, believe it or not, some of the uh, police department or wherever would come up to the house, park in front of their house, shine a light on the door, or knock on the door and say, oh, you call the police? So this is why a lot of elderly and people don't come out and they don't call, you know? And I'm not saying it's right, but when people know what's going on, they need to tell. But a lot of people don't because they're afraid behind those ghost guns and everything. But the thing is, with the police sitting in their cars, and I go down Pennsylvania North, I know exactly what they're talking about. I, I hear it all the time. But a lot of them know why they're sitting in the car because if they don't, they, they're going to have a problem. Because a lot of these young boys see their aunts and uncles get utilized through the years. And they feel now that they can take advantage of, which is wrong. But I came up with a solution, you know, to get the police back in my community. The thing is, we all got uh, uh, cameras, you know, right now. So the thing is, if somebody, if the police is, is down at the intersection where I live at, and they'll stop a car and they're abusing the kids, we got phones, we can track it, we can film it, and then they go to court and they can deal with it that way. But because there is a lot of good polices out there. You know, I got family members of polices and a lot of friends. We need them. We need them. And I think behind getting them back on the street and with the, a mayor focusing in and having a town hall meeting on about these schools, they need to open these schools so we can educate these young boys. A lot of them are uneducated. And then lastly, when they started transporting kids from out of their community, into another district, that was a bad move. That was a bad move. I used to be young, too, and I know how that can work. When you're catching the bus to go to another school and you're going to somebody else's neighborhood, 
and you probably hook up one of these girls or boys, they're going to hunt you down. They're going to hunt you down. Well, I got to pull out, Brother Gloria, but thank you for Mm -hmm. calling in with your thoughts and opinions. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one. You too. All right, guys. Um, now that I done cried through this whole show, because it's just sad the state that we're in. Um, do, I do want to charge you to uh, meet us tonight over at Southern. I'll be getting there at six. Uh, come out, pray for the community, show this uh, church family and the family of Miss Evelyn our absolute love and support. And then after we're done grieving. And after this person, this coward, is apprehended, let's get to the solutions. My solution that I'll be taking to my council person that got on the news and said bike squad ran by the citizens, I'm going to be the first one to tell him, "Uh uh-uh, you got the wrong idea, buddy. My solution that I'm going to lift up is that we get back to the police substations that put community policing back into place, whether the police want to do it or not, because if that's the mandate from the top, that's what they must do. I applaud, I applaud, and I shout out people like Melvin Russell, who took community policing absolutely serious, and it made a huge difference. I am one who participated in, in community policing with him. I stood with him. I worked for him. Didn't get a paycheck. But I worked for him for the good of our community. And we've got to get back to the basics. You can't get caught up with being so creative that you come up with creative foolishness. We're going to end it here. We'll be back next Thursday. Again, thank you for everyone who tuned in on Facebook Live over at www.olbbaltimore.com. This has been Kelly Vaughn with Face the Facts. Shout out to my producer, Sean. We make it happen every single week. Thank you to our listenership, who has always been um, a great part of participation to make this show happen. Love you guys so much. Stop by the free food giveaway if you're hungry today at 1 o'clock. And meet us in Patriot Plaza tomorrow as we continue to fight and stand for justice for Cody Gaines. This has been Face the Facts. I'm Kelly Vaughn. Have a safe weekend. Love you so much. Peace. To see. I give you so many words, they be as fast as the sea But they return to me for it cause I don't move my feet Lord, I need reiteration, I made it complicated When it's so simple, I need an alteration Lord, deliver me Yeah. Help me Lord, I need to wake up
it's gonna be alright, alright We can take it one step at a time, at a time But first I gotta wake up, yeah Rise and shine, give me that high five, high five Got with you, it's gonna be alright, alright We can take it one step at a time, at a time But first I gotta wake up, wake up Help me learn, I 